From Relay FM, this is the Pen Addict, episode 411. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at Pen Chalet. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined by Brad Dowdy. Hi, Brad. <laughs> Hello, Mike Hurley. Thank you uh, for, for that introduction, because you threw me off last week. I'm not I going know. On. I see what you did there. Mm-hmm. I've got to make sure that you feel comfortable, you know? Like, you're the talent here. I got to hand, mm. I'm like your handler, and I've got to just make sure that you're all settled in because yeah. looking at our show document today, you've got some stuff that you want to talk about, <laughs> which is like very Brad in in its oh. uh, execution, <laughs> I believe. So yeah. I'm excited for, uh, in the best possible way, kind of a train wreck episode, maybe like a car crash mm. episode, and like okay. there's some stuff that mm-hmm. that Brad's going to get fired up about, and you're not going to be mm-hmm. able to look away. Mm. There's going to be some handling that you will need to do today. That's right. for sure. All right. So what we got? So we have the Platinum 3776 Shiyun mic, which we mentioned last week because, hey, look at this cool new purple pen Beautiful. from Platinum. Yep. We spoke about Beautiful. that at length because we had that like Very really cool. low res marketing pr- yeah, page. Terrible. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like GeoCities image level quality picture. But still, we're like, hey, pretty cool, right? Purple, mm-hmm. rhodium trim faceted however platinum does all that and hey cool so what happened uh right after the show last week uh the all of the official marketing came out all the marketing came out which included the price, the price. of the pin yeah. and we would have had a lot to say last week but i'm actually glad we had a week to wait um so <laughs> so i could stew over this for <laughs> a week and 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 settle down a little bit and decide what i wanted to talk about but as most of our listeners know who follow the pen market as much as we do the price is 470 dollars. now the conversation we're going to have around this today is going to be long it's going to be very brad-esque and there is so much context and nuance in this conversation. Just please try to listen to what I say. And if I make a mistake, let me know. But I'm not expecting an inbox full of comments because there is nuance around this. And I'm going to discuss, you know, some things that I, I want to say about the pricing. <sighs> Holy Sheehoon, Mike, is where we start. <laughs> Holy Sheehoon. Um, so this caught everyone by surprise because the previous... Um, pens in this series. So this is the Mount Fuji series from Platinum. Range from like $260 up to $325 for the Raka. Right? So the Raka was last year's. It was in the fall. It was kind of the snowflakey one, the clear faceted one. The first yeah. one where they really did all this faceting. That, work, was, when was, we, that was when we spoke about, right? Because that was the one that I got confused thinking that it actually had holes in it. But but yes, yes. that was the pen that I remember, but I was misremembering mm-hmm. a detail about it. Yeah, and then the Kumpu before that was $260, so there was a price increase. You know, maybe yep. it was the de- detailing of the the pen, you know, maybe that extra fastening work cost. Well, I mean, let's be honest as well. The, th- the 3776 Special Editions were also very popular. So, yeah. you know, like the Lilas, the Levand, like they, they proved, I think, to be quite popular. Um, yes. So I expect that they were uh, increased, you know, the price increases started to, to go along yeah. with that. So let's make something very clear right out the gate. Mm-hmm. Platinum is allowed to charge whatever they want for a pen. They they are free to charge whatever they want for a pen. Yep. And Platinum's customers, you know, such as you and I, if they like the pen and can afford the pen, they should pay the price for the pen. Like, I don't think, like, these are the things that are uh, not arguable to me. Like, I'm not saying that Platinum shouldn't charge this price. And I'm not saying you shouldn't buy the pen. I'm saying Platinum can charge the price and you should buy the pen if you like it and you want to pay for it. What I am saying is it's fair to ask Platinum why there's such a large price increase. And then that that's what I got into. So um, what is the, the price out. increase? Like what is the, like from the last pen like this? How, much, so how many dollars? Three, 325 to 470. So what is that? 145? Sure. Did I do that right off the top of my sure. head? Yeah. $145. I don't know what percentage. It is um, pretty high percentage. Um, so yeah, that's a big increase in like nine months, right? So that wasn't a simple, you know, hey, you know, we're it's been a few years since we've raised the price. Now's the time to raise the price. So Platinum's not said anything of why the price is. And the theory out there, and I just want to be clear, this is a theory. Platinum has not said that, hey, there was this big spike in the rhodium, you know, 
materials market in February or earlier this year, March, late winter, early spring, that drove up the price. You know, that's the working theory, but there's no platinum statement behind that, right? So that's what you're going to see. Mm -hmm. Why? So like, if that was the case, could they not just use a different material? They might have already been committed to the way they've designed this series. Yes, they could. Right. Change it. They could have just made it gold, right? They could have just gold plated it with purple. Would have looked great, right? Right, but then it would be gold. the idea of like, well, now this doesn't look like the what what we were planning, right? Because we already right. have like a purple and gold pen. Okay, cool. I just wanted right. to double check like what the feasibility of that is. Like, if they could have just been like, well, if this is increasing in February and we have a pen coming out in May, can we swap mm-hmm. it out? Because you would assume that they probably weren't in production at that point. I would assume. Uh, I don't right. know. Hmm. And okay. and companies that deal in precious metals usually usually plan ahead, right? Yeah. These materials, you have a whole department probably watching the precious metals market when you're using this much gold, this right. much platinum, okay. this much rhodium. Right, because they like wouldn't that. not have any probably you would assume. You would naturally right. assume that they probably buy in bulk when the prices are good. Right. 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 Okay. So All would right. a so this could have been it. It's a potential it thing, but there potential. are many arguments to say it might not be, especially when Platinum aren't saying that's what it was. Right. Okay. Yet. So we're waiting to see if Platinum will say anything. I've asked. We'll, we're trying to find out. They're busy with some other stuff right now, which we'll get to in a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, that's cool. If it's if it's the rhodium, you know, if the rhodium increased the pin that much, cool. Just tell us. Like, I get it. Like, you know, precious metals are expensive and volatile. Like the entire world market of everything is volatile right now. Mm-hmm. Right. So if this caught you, you know, with your pants down, then you had, and you have to charge this much for a pen. Sure. Go for it. But you have other rhodium pens in your lineup today that didn't see a price increase and we'll see if they increase in the future. And that's the reason why, but yeah, I'm just asking. So how much would a rhodium price increase affect the retail price of the pen, Mike. How much rhodium, how much dollars of rhodium is going into the manufacturing of a pen? So I want to play a game. You ready? You ready for me? This is okay. this is what you're going to do for me today. We're going to play a game. All right. Because we don't want to single any pen company out. So we're going to play, we're going to make a new pen company today, Mike. What is the name of our pen company going to be? Uh, Nodium. <laughs> Nodium. Okay. Yeah. Our pen company is named Nodium and mm-hmm. we're going to make a pen. What is that pen going to be called? I don't know, man. This is very difficult. Okay. I, I've I've run out of the one joke I had. Okay. <laughs> the Nodium Rhodium. Okay. Okay, cool. We're going to call it actually the Nodium Rhodium Zero, and that's for the sea level at the ocean nearby where I live. So it's the Nodium Rhodium Zero. Okay. All right. So we're going to sell. We already... So as our manufacturer, we're the manufacturer, right? We're Nodium. Yeah. And... We have already priced this pen, and our retail price to the customer, like our retailers, are going to sell the Nodium Rhodium Zero for four hundred dollars. Okay. Okay. So that's the retail price. So in retail markets, and this is business one hundred and one. People know this, but you don't think about it all the time when you're thinking about how much things cost and how much a small change will affect the price. And this is not how necessarily how items in the manufacturing of the fountain pen industry work. They can have different margins. They can have whatever. This is not, you know, I'm saying this, I'm not saying something as completely factual, but this is a general ballpark of how retail manufacturing works. This comes from, you know, clothing and, you know, other like mass market retail. So if we're selling the pen at retail for $400, our retailers generally pay $200 for that, right? There's a okay. hun- They get to apply 100% markup to that pen from what they paid for it, right? And we'll get into all why. At the so end. they doubled the price, basically. So it's just every, every step of the way doubles the price. So they bought that pen from a distributor, okay? So they paid $200 from the distributor. The distributor buys the pen from Nodium for how much? Uh, a hundred dollars. Oh, a hundred. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it's so doubling this, the whole this way. This goes all the way down the line. So right. how much did it cost? How much did it cost Nodium to manufacture the pen? Fifty. Fifty dollars. Right. Okay. So everyone's so doubling. You, 
everyone's doubling. So okay. this is called Keystone Retail, right? Ooh. For example, when we're when we were selling knock at retail, we, our retailer customers would decide that their margins had to be 100% or they couldn't carry our products. So we had retailers say, if our case sells for $40, they had to buy it for 20. Well, we're charging 26 and they would choose not to buy it. Right? Fair, right? Everyone needs that margin. And we'll 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 go into this more. So, if you think about it, a $400 pen might only cost $50 to make. Like you don't want to think about that too hard, right? <laughs> because then you're going, oh my God, what am I doing with my life? But that's just how consumerism and manufacturing works in retail. Right. So yeah. So, so just to, so like a pen that sells for four hundred dollars to customers potentially is made at a manufacturing price of fifty dollars. Yes. Yeah. So okay. And let's be clear. Maybe someone's margins fifty percent along the way. Right. It could be different. But that this is, is not going to be a, a set thing for everybody right because different people will do different margins to try and make sure that their product can be featured somewhere some people Mm -hmm. will be able to command higher you know like all that stuff yeah but the reason that's done is because then now you can manipulate the price downwards when you're not moving a product right it still gives Mm -hmm. you room to sell it at 50 percent off and not lose money so that's the end game right so um all right so now nodium it costs us $50 to make the Rhodium Zero. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh-oh. Rhodium price spiked. We didn't buy enough Rhodium. And we have the Rhodium Zero 2.0 coming out. And now Rhodium doubled in price. And that raised the cost of our pen to $60. Okay. So we went from 50 It cost us $50. We had a 20% increase in manufacturing. It now costs us $60. Mm. Right. That seems like, in the grand scheme, that $10 increase is pretty small, but a 20% increase just for a raw material is enormous, right? I would mm-hmm. think that's enormous, but let's just say that's what it is. So now that pen costs us $60 to make, so we're selling it to our distributor for $120 because we make double. Our distributor is selling it to the retailer for $240 because the distributor makes double and the retailer buys it for 240 and now sells it for 480. So you can see it's the same 20% increase, but that dollar gap is now being paid for by the consumer. So it exponentially can get large quite fast. The dollar amount, not the percentage amount. Yeah, but like I mean like you know, a $10 manufacturing yes cost ends up being like $40 to an $80 $80 to the retail. To the oh, consumer, yes, $80 to the consumer. customer. This is like that, um, you know, that, that, that thing of like, if you take a grain of rice and you put it on a chessboard and then double it uh, every mm-hmm. time you move to a different square on the chessboard, you will, by mm-hmm. the end of the board, have more rice than there is on the planet. Yeah. Right? That's <laughs> yeah. Like, a th- like a thing. Like, yeah. But yes, yeah. okay, I get that. So that's how general retail, those are general, that's business 101 manufacturing right, right. distributor retail. That's with all those steps in there, right? So that little movement, even though it's pretty large, like a 20% increase on a cost of manufacturing is a big increase. Like you'd expect like a 3%, right? So anyway, all that's to say is, hey, a little movement in cost of raw materials can affect what consumers pay by a pretty large margin yep the problem now we're done with nodium rhodium zero we sold it pretty well it was pretty good limited edition we're going to come out uh that 2.0 even at our price increase i think people are still going to buy it so nodium rhodium 0.5 okay that's that's the name of the second pen okay i like it i like it so yeah we're done there so now we're back to platinum with our manufacturing test our little business 101 we had there there was a distributor in the middle and i believe in distributors i am pro distributor because of a lot of things in our market in the u.s they put in the work to give us access to products they also put in the work to support products which we're going to talk about very much here in our next topic right so they're like the distributor again just we're going one-on-one here mm -hmm, is effectively mm -hmm. like the middle person who has the ability to take in lots of products from many manufacturers and Mm -hmm. through existing relationships sell them through to large retailers 
Right, right. And they're okay. So just back to our little example before, if they're buying the pen for $200 and selling it for, um, excuse me, they're buying the pen for $100 and selling it to the retailer for $200, they're making 100 while they're allowing the retailer to make 200 mm. They're okay with that because they have a thousand of the pens to sell to make a hundred dollars off of, and the retailer has twenty to sell to make two hundred off of, mm. right? So it's okay, right? That's why that math works. All right. So the problem is, Mike, when you get you have regional pricing issues, because now I have to tell all of our listeners that you can buy this off the shelf in Japan the Platinum 3776 Shiyun for 325 US dollars. Right. This is why Platinum has to say, this is why we increase the price. Because now everyone goes, why is that? Is it because there's no distributor in Japan? Is it because the margins are much lower? You know, uh, I, I don't know. Economic an- headwinds? Currency exchange fluctuations, like these are all the things that happen with big tech companies and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, The willingness of the American market to pay a premium for a limited edition, right? Let's not discount that. I think that's fair. You know, well, if they're going to pay for it, let's charge them for it. Mm -hmm. But it's a weird look, right? And I think it's fair to ask Platinum, why is there such a big price increase, especially when the Japanese shelf prices so much lower, even if it was the same, like even if in Japan it was 470, the, the currency, you know, rate made it $470. I would still ask the same question. Why is it so much than the last one? Mm. But then to have a discrepancy between the two markets, that's when it gets weird. Like this is like when Pelican did this in the past and they're very guilty of doing this, having these, all these regional prices, they laid it out like, you know, our gold costs went up this much and, you know, this is why we're selling it for this oh, really? year and this, that there. Yeah. They, they told everyone kind of how it worked. Platinum, I guess, I don't know if they're not interested or they don't think it's a big deal. And I, I'm going to be clear again, they're going to sell every one of these pens. There's 376, seven, three, seven, seven, six units. It will sell out. I, I would bet that it would sell out. Because if for some reason the U.S. market balks, which I don't think they will because they get a small percentage of these pins anyway, they'll just go back to Japan and sell them. This, will, this pin will sell out because the price at $325 is now back to reasonable. That's where the Raka was sold, the last pin. So that's what I've been thinking about on this pin is we don't know why the price has increased. If you think it's because rhodium spiked, that's a fair theory. But it's not based in anything that Platinum has said, right? It's just the story we're telling because it's convenient. And maybe it is the case that rhodium spiked and they got caught um, not having enough and they had to pay a premium and that gets translated to the customer. But then when you're saying that and then pricing the pen that drastic of a difference between two markets, I don't know if that holds up as well, that, that statement. So... Interesting pen, interesting price. I know a lot of people are upset at the price, and rightfully so. Other people will be jumping all over it because it's a pretty cool pen, and if you have the money to pay for it, you should. And also, I guess, really, you know, there is the thing that needs to be said is they can do whatever they want, and they don't have to answer you or anyone. 100%. That's the very first thing I said Mm -hmm. is Platinum can do, they can charge whatever they want, and they Mm -hmm. do not owe me an answer. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm also allowed to ask the question, right? So that's where we're at. And like, we may never know, like it may just be what it is. And we all pretend that it was the rhodium spike that drove the price through the roof. Okay. It's what it is. We may never know. And they don't owe us an answer. Completely fair. No one owes us an answer to their yep. pricing. Yeah. But that doesn't prevent us from asking the question, say, Hey, this looks a little weird. Why is that? And that, you know, that's how you build relationships between companies and customers is that openness. So we'll see. All right, Mike, we're not done with platinum yet. Oh boy, are we not done with platinum yet? This is a this one's a little bit harder to talk about because it's so strange. I've never seen anything like this, and this is the case, the curious case of the Curidos cracking, Mike. Oh, so good. Um, I, I just I didn't even write that down. This I, that has been like tongue. 
I think the Curidas is just going to be another one of those pens that goes down into pen addict infamy. Um, not, but not in the way that pens usually do. You know, like mm-hmm. pens that are infamous in this show's history tend to be because they were bad, scammy, weird, fake. Yeah. You know, like that kind of thing. But this pen is just. It was introduced peculiarly. We didn't really understand it. Then it came out, and we kind of like both flip flop on it. Like some days we well, like it, some days we don't like it. Like then there well, was well before that they had the pricing issue. They had the pricing. Then it was hugely delayed, right? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And now there is a fatal flaw in the pen. <laughs> it looks like it. Yeah. Like this is not. Oh, Bob's pen broke. They're all bad. This is very high percentage confirmed by retailers worldwide that there is a cracking problem in the feed. And our friend John at Lemur Inc., he uh, he he put a mention or he put a statement out and he was just talking, you know, to his customers. He's saying it appears to be an issue globally um, and platinum is putting a hold on shipping more Curados out until they figure it out. And I know that, you know, Platinum's distributor here and Platinum themselves and all the other distributors are like working with Platinum to figure out how they're going to handle this because it's very prevalent. I don't know what the percentage is, you know, because we see an, an outlier number outlier percentage, right? We will see far more just because of the world that we, we live in. Like to me sitting here, it looks like, Oh my God, half the pens have this problem, right? Just because, you know, of the biased nature of the people that I follow and, and you know, who I'm talking to, it could be a much smaller percentage than that, but still any, any percentage over like a couple of percentages is going to be a problem, right? So mine has it. So I didn't think that mine was cracked. And I was writing the show notes yesterday and I was like, I got my loop right here. Let me double check because I, I kind of remember I only looked at one side because the picture, first picture I saw was kind of just on one side. And I was like, well, maybe it's just on that side. And I was like, did I check the other side? So I got the loop out, looked on the other side. You don't even need a loop to see it. <laughs> There's a huge gigantic crack on the feed. Right now, it does not affect my writing performance other people's it is greatly affecting their writing performance like hmm. there's pens that are not writing right now oh, um, yeah yeah i can imagine that or like there maybe ink is flowing weirdly through them or something yeah it's very inconsistent just to, to say like for the writing. feed in case you're not aware because you can't work out where it is so if you like we'll, i'll put a link in the show notes of brad's uh crack but basically you know the nib at attaches to a piece of plastic which goes in and out of the pen it seems to be a lot of cracks are occurring where the nib and the plastic feed uh it is a plastic i guess it's plastic right it is plastic yeah. it is plastic where and there's touch. a yeah it's almost like a clamp mechanism right mm-hmm. there it's like a wrap over of the steel onto the plastic and i think it's just causing pressure mm-hmm. somehow somewhere that's causing it to crack right it's a design issue i have a much less problem with this, surprisingly, than the pricing issue. And I don't have a huge problem with the pricing issue. I just, I, I think we customers deserve to know, hey, you know, we're, we're charging this much more because why? Mm-hmm. This pen is so complicated mm-hmm. that I'm almost not surprised that this happened, right? This is a extremely complex pen to manufacture and that does i'm not giving them a pass right they've had to have been working on this for years and years and years they don't get a pass for this but i just hope that there is a solution to this because there will be they put a lot into this as a company and as a brand to make something really unique which we all applauded them for right we were like cheering them on it's like yes this is what i want to see in the market you know experimentation and trying new things and with that comes a a bigger risk than raising the price of your flagship pen right this is there was a big risk to take and a big experiment and the cost the price that they charge for this still compared to like the 3776 the $80 Curidas seems underpriced, mm. right? Just for what went into it. And now they're probably about to find out how underpriced it is because there's going to be, I don't know. I don't know. Have we ever seen like a recall 
in pins. I can't imagine a recall, right? But like this is damaging, you know, to to the Curidos for sure. I don't know if it's Could damaging. Could they platinum, offer? But... No, I guess they couldn't really offer parts, right? Because it's in te- because of the way this pen is built. That's essentially the, the way entire the... central mechanism. I don't know how. I haven't taken it apart to see if the feed is easily replaceable. I mean, if so, I, I'm that taking mine apart right now, and it doesn't look mm-hmm. like it because mm-hmm. the feed looks like it feeds into that plastic shroud. I don't know how well you right. could you could take that thing apart, and I don't expect it was built to be taken apart either. Just for the yeah. record, we have two curados in this house, and neither of them have any cracking on them. Yes, and to to add on to that a little bit you got those in february is yeah that right? so i'm what i was wondering and i was thinking if mm-hmm. they're these may have been early like early production mm-hmm. samples like brought f- directly from platinum to london because choosing keeping mm-hmm. was the only place you could get them from right and platinum right. came to london um so i i don't know what the deal there was but maybe these were not like production samples but maybe some of the first made um, that yeah. was shipped outside of Japan, and I don't know if there was like then there was a larger scale run for the U.S. market, and there was a problem in that batch or something, or it's just right. pure randomness. But Adina, like she uses hers every single day, so it's not mm-hmm. like you know, it, it's not like where my you know like maybe our only cracks in usage, and Mike doesn't use his very much, which is true. Mm-hmm. But Adina uses hers all the time, and I you know pulled out my 2x camera on my iphone and went to town today and could not find it like could not find anything yeah. on it so yep and mine was shipped in april so mine was after the delay batch as retailers started to get them in the u.s mm. and then sent out to me so mine was in whatever that time frame is which is the majority of the time frame right because there was no inventory before mm-hmm. right so that's kind of when everyone was getting them so I hope Platinum has a good answer for this because I want the Curios to continue. I want it to succeed. Um, I want to see Curios version 2 and version 5 and the metal version and the cool cool color version. Like I want this pen to succeed. So I'm hoping it's something that they can get past in a, in a reasonable manner. Um, but it sucks. Like it legit stinks that this happened for this pen and it's so widespread like it's a pretty pretty large issue that it appears to be having so Mm. we'll see we'll have more on this later just you know once we find out what to do because i think this platinum is going to have to answer for this right they can never they don't have to tell us why the price went up on the shiyun but i do feel that they're going to have to say something at least through the distributor say hey this is the word we got from platinum yeah and we're going to do x y and z yeah, right. This so. is a bigger issue mm-hmm. than us than consumers questioning the price of a pen. Yeah. I think you're right. So all right. Good stuff, Mike. We got more good stuff to get to. I there's Ooh. there's a topic in here, Mike, that you have no idea what it is, and I can't wait to get to it. Hmm. Okay. This episode is brought to you by our friends over at Pen Chalet, the company that sell amazing, authentic rollables, fountain pens, ballpoints, mechanical pencils and so much more from all of your favorite brands. Monteverde, Leonardo, Lamy, Pilot, Namiki, Sailor, Caveco, many, 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 many more than an authorized <laughs> dealer of all of them. I say that because they are, Pen Chalet are adding new products every single month. There's always new stuff going up on there. And this isn't just pens, it's also everything you need surrounding the pen. You know, inks or refills, paper, maybe you need a carrying case, converters, you know, so you can get the products that you want. You could also get them shipped to you quickly and cheaply. They do free shipping on orders of over $50 in the United States, and they sell internationally with really great shipping rates too. And Pen Chalet, not only do they have great shipping, not only do they have everything that you're looking for, they do it all at low price. They do the best prices they possibly can on their high-quality products. They offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee, and for listeners of this show, you can save 10% on anything at any time by going to penchalet.com and clicking the podcast link at the top of the website. You enter the password penaddict, and you'll get a code. This code can be used of any purchase to save yourself 10% off at any time. But we also have, as we always do, some special offers for Pen Addict listeners from Pen Chalet this week. Brad, is anything uh, perking your interest? Yeah, I've never jumped on the Penider 
train. Like we've had some to review and I've always felt that they've been pretty nice. And I've usually sent them off. Like I know Susan's reviewed at least one. I'm not sure if Jeff's reviewed one on the pen addict, but the, the avatar demonstrator is like way under the price point where you think that like, that's a good deal. Like it's just, it's yeah, like that's, way under that's that price. Wild. Point. That's a wild price. So I also want to point out Ron does have some, if you scroll, like it's infinite scroll pretty much mm-hmm. on this page. So you got to go down a little bit. He's got some of the last uh, Platinum 3776, the Nice Lilas, and the Carnelian at very good prices right now, especially Ooh. in relation to yep. to the uh, the products that are coming out now. Mm-hmm. Like, this is going to be the perpetual conversation, right? Like, look how good this price is because now it's X. Um, these are really good. Like, these should not be here for that. Um, it's pretty fantastic. Ron always does a great job with all of his inventory. Yep. And so you can get great deals right now by going to P-E-N-C-H-A-L-E-T.com, Penchalet.com. Click the podcast link at the top of the website and enter the password PenAddict. Our thanks to Penchalet for the continued support of this show and Relay FM. Quick follow-up. Okay. I ordered the Bung Box Fujiyama Blue mic. Ah. I, I pulled the trigger. Mm-hmm. Pulled the trigger. Um, I did need... Talk about a $400 pen, am I right? So this is another conversation is like, well, is this worth it when I can get this right? Like I paid less than this pen than the, the Shiyun is including shipping from Japan. True. Like how do true, you, what, true. what, what is that conversation like? Well, it depends right? what you're interested in. I know me and you would both prefer this pen. Um, yeah. so yeah, it's, it's up to, it's up to you at that point, isn't it? I suppose. Right. Right, and this goes into like the one of the other points in that Shiyun conversation that I wanted to make is yep. like there's all kinds of outrageously priced pens that I own that I think are overpriced. Like I t- I rail on the Sailor King of pen all the time as one of the most overpriced pens on the market, and I own three of them. Right, mm. so it just depends on what you want for your style. You know, it's very personal. Right, pens are like music. Right, we can all like music, but we don't have to like the same bands. Damn. So damn. You know, we can all like, however, like, I'm not knocking, you know, if you pay $470 for the Sheen, you should because you like it. <laughs> like, it's cool. <laughs> yeah. So I put my funds towards the Fujiyama Blue instead. Um, we did get the finial picture. It's Mount Fuji, which is very yeah. similar to the original, almost exact. I think maybe? it's pretty much the same. I, but there, there's, did you catch, there's like a detail in it? Oh, man, mm, I need to find this. In the wear. Uh, they because Bungbox in the finial or somewhere else. Yeah, in the finial. All right, so here's this: in the 2020 renewal, the Raden Makai on the crown shows a Z-shaped cloud at the base of Mount Fuji. What is Z? The final letter of the alphabet, of course, symbolizing the end of finality. The Z on this crown is our wish for the global pandemic to come to an end as soon as possible. Let us hope that the power of the sacred mountain Mount Fuji will protect us through these challenging times. Dude, what about that, huh? There's a detail for you. That is cool. I missed that. Yeah. And they now put, I now I see the Z, and yep. now I know that's the end. Like mm-hmm. we want it. Oh man, that's cool. Yeah, I'm very happy about that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, the kicker with the Fujiyama Blue is I don't know when I'm going to get it right. And Bung Box is pretty clear when you order. They're like, hey, you can order this. We have the pen. We don't know when we're going to be able to ship it. And when you will receive it. So a friend of the show, Tessa, ordered the Pink Love from Japan to California, and it took five weeks, mm-hmm. right? So I'm expecting one to two months for this to show up. Anything before one month, I think, would be a huge win. So I basically, you know, just bought this pen with the expectation that it's going to show up sometime later. And, you know, I'm not in a hurry for it, and I'm not going to get in a hurry for it. So right. I'm just glad. I, I, I This is one... This is why I don't buy them all because I I'll wait for this one and I jumped on it when I could and then you know maybe there'll be another one later so who knows but I'm I'm pretty happy with this one can't wait to get it in all right next up Mike I wanted to mention this the Pro Gear Slim Minis are back do you know about this pen Mike are you familiar with the Pro Gear Slim Mini this isn't the Sapporo. It is the Sapporo Mini. It is exactly what I refer to as the Sapporo Mini, even uh, though they don't okay. call it that. And okay. maybe the old name used to be the Sapporo Mini. Like, this product used to be part of Sailor's default retail lineup, right? Yeah. You had your Pro Gears, your 1911s, your Smalls, your Larges, and then they also had the Pro Gear Mini. 
And I bemoaned the fact that they went away. And it's like, I kind of understand it, right? It's a little bit of a specific pen. You can't really charge less for it because it's shorter, because it's really all the same materials and all of that. It's a really small pen. Yeah. So it just kind of went away. And I was like, you know, that's probably the right decision. But it's back, Mike. It's back in... Now, you could get these in special editions, like Bungbox did a whole Zodiac series. Um, You know, there's been other, like, one-off... Sailor Slim minis out there, like in the Japanese stores, but they haven't had it back in their standard product lineup in probably five, six, seven years, maybe more than that. So there's one, two, three, six colors now, and this is like a stock item, and I'm glad that they're doing this. Um, Pen Chalet has them at $180 with the gold nib. It's like priced in between the the Pro Gear Slim Mm -hmm. and the Pro Gear Standard. And, you know, that seems about right, I guess, for the price. Um, I think the older ones were less than that, but I don't know, maybe to get them back into retail, since they're not going to sell a ton of them, they raise the price on these a little bit, but it seems yeah. fairly priced. What do you think about these? Would you ever you have any use for this pen? Like, I adore it, right? I'm the pocket pen guy. Give me the mini pens, whatever. Would you ever use this pen? I don't know. I think I need to see it, because, like, from the imagery, it's hard to actually get us, like, a a real sense of the size and also the colors. Like, the colors look interesting, but mm-hmm. I think there's only a couple of them I would want because it's like there's some interesting things about them. They all have gold furniture and the yes. grip sections are navy on every single pen. Mm. So I would want to see how they stack up against each other. But I think maybe the one thing that would turn me off at this pen is they can't take the Sailor converter because they're too right. small. They're cartridge only. And I I don't know... If I would be, I, I just don't know how interested I would be in it in that regard because then it's like a whole other thing. Like I don't really have, I don't really have any ink cartridges, and I'd need to. I have ink cartridges for one pen in my life. Do you know what that is? Yes, Pilot M ninety. Yeah, and I have some purple, <laughs> purple. Pilot cartridges <laughs> that I love, and I just have a couple of boxes of those, and I refill them every now and then. But like that's the sacrifice I'll make for the Pilot M ninety. Uh, and I don't, I don't think that that's necessarily a sacrifice that I'm making for at least any of the colors that we have here right now. I agree completely. Like, I will not necessarily be buying any of these pens. Like, if I can get, like, slate green is appealing, but in general, I'm not a gold trim guy. Like, it has to really work for me to go with the gold trim or the rose gold trims. And there's been specific pens where that's really hit for me. I don't really see that for me in this lineup, but I'm just glad it exists now in the hope that maybe we'll get more of these in the future because I think it's just such a cool pen. But yes, there are some downsides, like you mentioned, like the cartridge converter thing is definitely, definitely a downside. You know what doesn't have a downside of the filling system, Mike? The Twisby 580 ALR. Mm, Like there is no cartridge or converter with this because it's just a big old honking piston. Big old piston. Big old piston, but that's not what is interesting about this pen, Mike. It's the ALR Impression Blue. It's that I've never seen Twisby do this type of color before, and it might be the best of them yet. I, I don't know. It's uh, it's hard to say because Twisby does so many colors, so many colors that I love. But this is a, they've either done like really strong, solid plastic colors or the same colors, translucent plastic colors. Or in the ALR series, the 580 ALR series, they've done pastels, pinks, and purples, and blues, all that have been lighter. And then right when they launched it, they did some oranges that were good, like a real fire type of orange. This goes back to those very beginning colors. This is just a real striking color, the Mm. way all the aluminum parts are colorized in this Mm. pen. It's like, this is going to be the first 580 I've bought in a long time a long time and i'm, I'm gonna get this one this is a really really good color i love it yeah it's it's a very different deeper um like stronger color than you yeah. normally see from it's like them. a saturated blue but yeah. it's not it's not a normal blue yeah or a blue black or a turquoise it's just this really cool color it's clearly prussian blue mike it's that's what it is Oh, Mike, 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 Mike. I have okay. a problem. What's your I have problem? A problem? I have a box okay. uh, sitting here. I actually brought it into the podcast room because I ne- I needed it in the vicinity. 
I have a box, an unopened box, and the address, uh, the the label is from Jonathan Brooks. Mm. In this box is something for me and something for you. Oh, I know what's in that box. And something for Anna. Mm-hmm. What is in the box, Mike? I'm going to assume the results, good or bad, of trying to Arushi coat Alami Safari. You would assume correctly. Yeah. And you would assume correctly in your statement, good or bad. Because we because... have no idea if it actually worked or not. And Jonathan's not sure. Like, he feels pretty good about it, right? But he's mm. like, I will never do this again. Okay. Like, he's told me. So all of, all of you that are going to see these pens eventually, hopefully, um, don't ask Jonathan to make them. Because he ended up having to... We'll talk about this more um, once we solve the question of when do I open this box? So be thinking oh, on that. But I will just tell you... Now? No. You just got the box? I have the box. I've had it for a week, wow. and I haven't opened it. I do well, not know what these see. pens look like. Well, doesn't Anna get a say? Like you want to? You just want me to open it and send y'all pictures? That's what want I want. Yeah, I'm just saying that's what I want. I'm not telling you to do it now, but that's what I want. <laughs> okay, you would be. This is why I'm having this question. I have not touched this box. I don't know what any of these pens look like. And he did specifically say all of ours are very different. Like mine is a different um, style than yours, and then Anna's is different from both of ours because hers was on a Twisby uh, All Star, and he said hers was easier than both of ours. So because <laughs> there's more problems with the Safari. But I don't know what any of them look like. This box is taped up, and I'm staring at it while I'm talking to you. Yeah, I, I want to know. Okay, you don't want to wait no, until we're like wait. together. No, nope. and see what the pens look like, nope. and do because like a that whole special like, deal. Okay, so here's the thing: if I knew mm-hmm. I was seeing you in two months, that's one thing. Exactly. But we have like an infinite possibility of time here. In the <laughs> same vein of like, if you said, oh, I'll mail it to you, that could take anywhere from 10 days to 70 days, right? With right, the way that right. the mailing is working right now. So mm-hmm. what I want, what I want is for you to <laughs> take a, to open it, take a picture, show me mm-hmm. the picture and then send it to me. That's what I want. <laughs> what if we just like open it on video? Like what if we, we like recorded it or something and got Anna on there and did like a... Uh, a, a three-way mic and open up the box and showed everyone their pens. I, I don't know. I don't know what the right thing is to do. You clearly have a you have a defined answer. I'm not sure my answer is that defined. My answer is I want to see it as soon as possible in whatever <laughs> way or shape or form that takes. This has been sitting under my desk for a week. Do you know how hard that's been? <laughs> yeah, because I'm right now. I want. To know, right? So, like, yeah. I feel the the hardship of it. So, you need to talk to Anna. You need to see what Anna wants to do. Right. I'm expecting Anna will probably want to do exactly what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we'll work out how we're going to unbox this thing. Ooh, maybe I just shoot an unboxing vid myself. Yes. And then, like, post it to YouTube for yeah. everyone to see. And That you works can see. for me. Like, I would share it with you and Anna first, but yeah. then let everyone see what these look like. Yeah, I don't need to be a part of the video in which, it, you mm-hmm. know, cause I'm just going to see it no matter what what way it's done. <laughs> so, that would be my preference. You, you just want to know what's in the box as yes. soon as possible. Yes. Don't care. Yes. All right. Fair enough. I don't need it in front of me to know how I feel about it when I see it. I'm pretty proud of my restraint here. I, I can't I believe you've done d- it. But I well, guess this is the thing, though. You receive boxes all the time. Like you, don't, mm-hmm. I don't know if you have the same must-open box feeling that a lot of people would mm-hmm. have, you know? Mm-hmm. Right, I don't, because I save a lot of my boxes to open on stream. But I will also say I had an hour-long conversation with Jonathan about these pens before receiving the package. He's like, he just wasn't going to send them to me until he got on the phone with me to, oh tell me how hard it, to tell me how hard it was. I told him a long time ago he should have given up because he had to remake some of the parts like some of the caps and things like that, like the little finial snap-ins on the caps, had to remake them. My word. He's How insane. fun it would have been if we could have unboxed them in Atlanta and just had that to was his the goal. story, right? Wouldn't that have been That amazing? was his goal. Yeah, that was the goal for shame. the whole thing. What a shame. So, yeah. it's um, All right, so we'll figure this out. I, I'm, I'm not going to open this box until I know exactly how to proceed once I, once I do. So I'll talk to Anna today. And then uh, we'll figure it out. I'm thinking maybe like a, a, a box opening video that I just record myself. Like mm-hmm. I wouldn't do it live on stream. I just record it and then post it for everyone to check mm-hmm. out. So so I expect by next week's episode that will be done. <laughs> Have you met me? <laughs> well, 
Okay, no, but as soon as Anna gives the green light, I'm gonna hound you. Oh, uh, okay. okay. Right? So yeah. <laughs> that that's why. Oh, I like this. I kinda have some control here. Mm. <laughs> now I'm, I'm actually getting anxious to open them after there you go there you, to you. Go. there you go there you go didn't take long no no so you all. got your uh, nib grinds back huh from yeah who, well most mostly I got my destruction back fixed right like, yeah this is from uh, Mark did these right yeah yeah so Mark uh, Bacchus nib grinder um I sent him my mangled bung box fifth anniversary edition, mm-hmm. which y'all seen on Twitter. And then I, I mean on Instagram and I posted the picture that Mark sent me on Instagram of him finishing the nib. Like you'll have to go look. We'll or we'll put a link in the show notes to how good the nib looks from, you know, his repairs of my twisted mangled mess. And I said, well, since you have it, Mark, is this possible? And by this, I meant, what if we turn this into a posting nib, similar to my Pilot PO nib, which is on my Pilot Custom Heritage 912. If you don't know what a posting nib is, I have a review on my blog, or you can just look it up, Pilot PO, P-O. It's basically the traditional postcard writing pen for Japan back in the 1900s when early to mid 1900s when they communicated a lot by postcard they needed a nib that was very fine so they could cram a lot of letters onto the back of the postcard and very firm to handle the questionable paper quality that they were dealing with so it's this downturn nib it's made to be kind of pointy like a nail so that's been a long long time favorite of mine if you've listened or followed to me any length of time you'll know what i think about the pilot nib i said well since you have this nib can you bend this down and make it right like a posting nib and in typical mark fashion yeah no problem so (laughs) he sends me this video he does this for all his customers he sends a video when he's done of him using the nib and writing with it i was like oh that looks pretty cool and then i got it in it's totally cool i really like what he's done and it's different than the pilot nib, right? And it's not going to be the main reason it's different, even though the turn down and the angle and the size of the nib is generally the same. The pilot nib is 14 karat gold, and these bung box nibs in the full size pro gears are 21 karat gold. That makes a huge difference for a nib like the posting nib. So the pilot one is very firm, very nail like this one is still firm, but it's not like a nail. You can feel it a little bit of softness in it, but mm-hmm. it writes really, really cool. It works with my angle, right? You have to have the right, the, a handwriting angle that can work with this type of nib pointing down. And I wouldn't recommend it to almost anyone without trying it. But it's a unique feel, unique angle, and it fits my handwriting style very well. And I'm very, very happy with this. And I wanted to try that little bit of experimentation. You know, well, I practically destroyed this nib, right? So the least I could do is try something cool with it. And if it fails, it fails. Like I've already mangled the whole darn thing. So let's try to do this. And he did it. And I'm very, very happy with it, if you couldn't tell by Uh, my joy as I talk about it. So yeah, I'll be using this one a lot. It's very cool. It's very different than a pilot posting nib though, just in softness. Um, how, so how do you have to write with it? Like you have to angle, do you have to angle differently or it just fits for you? I don't. It fits for me because I can, it's a little bit of a lower angle, but it's made to be at a pretty standard angle. You, if you have a vertical uh, handwriting style, this wouldn't even come close to working for you. So no, it I works at imagine. a pretty pretty standard handwriting to lower lower angle uh, handwriting. So yeah, but I, I I'm just I just like it. I just like the fineness. It's it writes to me. It writes like a very fine like secure pigment micron, like one mm-hmm. of the smaller tip sizes, like a O one or O two, which is something that I enjoy. Right. I could write, if I took my pilot posting nib side by side, I'll eventually do some side by side comparisons. I bet my line width 
with the pilot is probably half the line width of this one. But that's to say that the pilot's like 0.1 millimeter and this one's like 0.2 to 0.3 millimeter. Still super tiny, right? They're just different because of the softness. You get more spread in the tines as soon as you touch the page with a 21 karat gold nib, no matter what shape it's in. Okay. So then the other two nibs I got, I've been using the um, needle point he put on my Pelican 101. I've been using that as much as anything. I don't know. I've been using all three of these nibs. The other one was an Aurora Extra Fine. I got turned into a Curse of Italic. And you don't normally do that because with that fine of a nib, you can't get as much variation as you would expect from a Curse of Italic. But I just like how it kind of blocks out my letters. Like the, it's very mm-hmm. edgy and squared off block style lettering as opposed to rounded edge lettering, which I prefer. So yeah, I've been using these a bunch. Uh, all of them. I've been using those three pens and the Curidos kind of all week have been my go-to pens. So my Curidos is, I'm going to keep, I'm going to ride or die with the Curidos until I can't write with it anymore. So right now it's going well. All right. I think that wraps it up for today. Yeah. I think uh, we're primed for big follow-up next week. Hopefully we'll get some yep. answers on one or two aspects of uh, what we talked about at the beginning of the show. I'm hoping at least one of them being the curious, yeah. like, cause that affects a lot of people. Um, I'm hoping we get an answer sooner than later. The other one, we may never get an answer and that's okay too. If you want to find links to this week's episode, you can go to relay.fm slash pen addict slash 411, or you can find those links in your podcast app. Um, you also find a link right there in your podcast app to become a Relay FM member and support this show. If you do, not only are you supporting the Pen Addict podcast, you get your hands on wonderful benefits, lots of members-only podcast content, a members-only newsletter, and access to the Relay FM members' Discord, where right now, as of this week... Not only are our live streams, do you have a, a chat for them, the live stream audio actually plays inside of the Discord app. So mm. I believe it is now easier than ever to listen to our live stream. If you're a Relay FM member, Discord is on every single platform. It's super easy. You can just turn on the live stream and you can hear me and Brad talk. Um, so we're continuing to add other functionality into the Discord. It's becoming more and more awesome all the time. So... This is a great reason to become a Relay FM member. It's an awesome community of people, and you're also helping to support the shows that you love. So we would love it if you would consider becoming a Relay FM member, um, especially if you choose to support the Pen Addict podcast with your Relay FM membership. Uh, thanks so much to Pen Chalet for their support of this week's episode, and we'll be back next time. Until then, find Brad online. Whoa, nearly, I forgot about it. Penaddict.com, knock.co, Penaddict on Instagram, Dowdyism, Twitter, uh, 10 a.m. Tuesdays, Thursdays, twitch.tv slash panaddict. I am I'm Mike. I am YKE. We'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad. <laughs> <laughs>